0: Hey everybody, welcome to a special edition of Narrative Live. We are live with LB in LA and Greg Oliar. I don't even know where you are, I think you're in New York. I think you are. I'm in New York. I've got to write to your name. I have a little jar over here every time I get your name wrong. (laughs) it's a dollar for somebody. Um, Last week on on the show, you might have uh, caught uh, our very, very special guest who joins us from time to time, talking about, um, Steve Hoffenberg, I should say, who talking about his relationship with Roger Stone and what happened during that time in 2016, when he happened to hear Roger Stone talking about, you know, maybe wanting to commit a crime with WikiLeaks. Um, So that caught everyone by surprise. It had the audience by surprise, and we wanted to get him back on the air to talk a little bit about that experience. So we're gonna play two parts of an interview we did this afternoon that was, I think, really interesting, really telling about all of that. So uh, that's coming up on the show. Oh,
1: okay. <laughs> okay, yeah, it is.
0: Go ahead, exciting. Al. Yeah, it is exciting. Go ahead, Al.
1: Uh I just wanna say my piece. I'm sorry I was trying to get, because people wanted to see the link, and so I just tweeted out the links, uh, um, but, Okay, okay, everybody. (laughs) There's, I I think this is something that might be part of my sort of whispering thing (laughs) because of the world that I'm in and the people I'm used to speaking with and talking to. And I want uh, everyone to sort of learn from Steve Hoffenberg. There actually is a teachable moment here with him where he's a very good teacher in something very specific that I think we all will benefit from. So this is a man speaking to you from a perspective from a different world. It's a different world. And, um, and he has experience that you're not gonna find anywhere else. He was not only a uh, firsthand witness uh, and a participant, in a huge part of Jeffrey Epstein's life. But he paid for the crimes that that he committed with Jeffrey Epstein. He was in prison for 18 years and he's come out of that when he went in. He went in and our world was very different than when he came out. Um, And so uh, and he has a very unique perspective and a very unique experience. Um, And so he's going to you're going to hear him speak about things like the board of prisons and what that means and donald trump and what was going through donald trump's mind when he was saying what he was saying that that is coming to you from somebody who knows this person our president very very well that is coming to you from somebody who knows jelaine and knew jeffrey epstein very very well and has a very specific point of view to share with you and you don't really know where he's going to go with this. And that's the lesson. The lesson is he's talking about a person in Jelaine and in the president as well, that we all feel, um, we can feel the wounds of the victims and Steve feels those wounds as well. And so we can feel that. Some of us have had our own traumatic experience that gets conjured up right and all these emotions are happening around donald trump and around jelaine and this subject matter and there's all this disinformation out there and there's all this conspiracy shit going on and everybody's really heightened right now um anyway and so what i'm going to ask you to do is just calm your brain learn how to put your emotional brain on a pause i'm not asking you to put your morality aside it doesn't have anything to do with that I'm asking you to switch into a different part of your brain where you can take this information in and really grasp what he's asking you to process. And I promise you, it doesn't go where you think it's going to go. Okay. So All right. Stick in I like there. that. that and lear- learn that yeah. muscle, learn that muscle. And Greg and I will talk about how we went through an experience with, with a totally different thing where people were in that emotional state and couldn't hear very important information that we were trying to get out at the time that would have helped everyone. Um, so anytime there's sexual violence and money, we need to focus on the money (laughs) and when it comes to processing things, when it comes to processing it, don't stay in the pain, don't stay in the pain. You won't be able to take in information. So, Learn, learn that skill now. This is an opportunity for everybody to learn, to learn that if you don't know how to do it already.
0: All right, so that's a good way to start. Let's take a listen to the interview we just did earlier on with Steve Hoffenberg.
2: Roger Stone invited me to work with him in the pack and I rejected, Roger Stone invited me to work with him in the pack and I rejected the criminality of the Roger Stone approach with WikiLeaks, and the confusion that you asked to clean up was when I said law and order, I linked it incorrectly to something that occurred in the news cycle last week. I rejected the broken laws with the WikiLeaks information that Roger Stone was pursuing and I refused to get involved in that, I told Roger Stone repeatedly that I had lawyers investigate the WikiLeaks content, and it was not media content. It was stolen content, and that Roger Stone had no right to be involved in that, but he did what he did. So I was not on his side at all. I rejected all of that. So there was a little confusion.
0: So you're maybe confusing the term law and order, which the president had just used in a, in a rally earlier on in that day, with maybe a word like justice or, or something like that it would have been more more appropriate because you weren't really endorsing the president's agenda, or, or were you?
2: No, no, no. I was not going near the news cycle or trying to go near the news cycle or the announcement of the president I was not doing that. I was substituting the word for justice, which I felt was broken. The laws and the rules were broken by Roger Stone in what he did with WikiLeaks, and I condemned that. So let's be very concise about that. But I think if we switch over to Jelaine Maxwell, if you're ready, you'll be very surprised. Roger Stone... Does not have a Wall Street following. As a matter of fact, I told him to call Tom Barrack. He hadn't even called Tom Barrack at that time.
0: To put this in context for everyone, you just got out of jail in 2013, right? Yes. And but I this would...
2: race was in 2016.
0: Right. So when did you join the pack? Was it 2015 or was it uh, in 2016?
2: I believe it was 16 that Roger Stone officially started his pack right. and, what, and asked to recruit me to be a senior member of his pack for raising money a lot of change you went into jail
0: in in 96 yeah. this was 2013 i can't i don't even remember when the first iphone came out but it must have been that you almost missed the whole smartphone uh revolution that happened in the world when you were in jail the world had changed a lot did you did it feel very different when you were approached by Roger Stone to do this pack?
2: No, no, because I went to Apple school right away, Mm. as soon as I re-entered my career again. So I was educated by Apple on how to use all the devices, and Roger Stone wanted to do a book and share some revenue with Congressman Evans about what we've been discussing and I was on the same page with Roger Stone to do the book he had a, I think it was a five book contract with Skyhorse publishing mm-hmm. and he wanted to write a book about some of the events you're discussing that
0: meaning the 2016 election events or
2: well he wanted to cover Epstein he wanted to cover really? the billions he wanted to cover Wexner
0: why was he so interested in Epstein and, and Wexner?
2: He was always understanding of Epstein and Maxwell. He knew through me and through others linked to me, political top people, that Epstein was a major part of Tower's financials downfall. And I complained. That I was set up, and I was the fall guy for Epstein. How
1: long have you known Roger Stone?
2: For a couple of years at that time frame when Trump had announced for the presidency before. Actually, we were working on the book before Trump announced for the presidency. And I was fascinated that Roger Stone was helping him go into the race against so many candidates. I was very surprised.
0: Did you know of Roger Stone's history as being a bit of a, you know, he's, he doesn't always play by the rules. He's sort of the uh, the bad boy of politics. He doesn't do things the way people would expect
2: people to do things. Well, he had a terrible history, and that was one of my issues. As far as being able to work with him and what he wanted to do, there were so many problems that. I faced in trying to work with him because I could not go near the line and I did not want to encourage anyone to go near the line and Roger Stone was aggressive I will tell you that he has uh, a way about him that's uh, got its own boundaries and I don't support that way at all and I did not support what took place and I dropped out. So you... I dropped back and dropped out of it. So I didn't want to create any confusion. I condemned it. Mm.
0: You told us last time that there was a, you know, a conversation that was recorded. You do it was com- recorded. And then you, you told your lawyers, but you then told people at, at the Trump uh, campaign, presumably, or, or at the Trump pack, that there was a problem with what they were doing. Was it based on information you got from, from your lawyers or from, from where did you find out that there was a uh, concern around what they were doing or did you just hear that from your lawyers directly and, and repeated it back to them?
2: Roger Stone knew my Washington lawyers quite well who were high profile and also friends of mine. And Roger Stone wanted their opinion on what he wanted to do with WikiLeaks pertaining to the content and bringing that information out for the 2016 race. So I got all that legal advice from the lawyers in Washington, and he refused to follow it. And that's why I said I could not be involved, and I rejected everything he was doing, and I dropped back
0: So Roger Stone had this information that he was what he was about to do would be construed as could be construed as illegal, and then still went ahead and did it. It sounds like,
2: yes, yes, he went ahead and got involved with the content under the premise that it was media content, which it was not. It was stolen Mm -hmm. content, and that was a question that became a real problem for me.
1: I heard you were in Trump Tower. When talking with Roger about the pack and that there was some kind of recording?
2: Let me break it down for you so okay. that it's uh, understandable. My phones were perpetually recorded by the regulators, the authorities. Roger's phones were perpetually recorded. So there was no question of that about the recording. I complained about it often on the point that it made it harder to communicate. I filed claims about the eavesdropping. I did everything one could responsibly do to complain about the eavesdropping. The Trump super PAC you're talking about was not in Trump Tower. It was Roger Stone's. Trump super PAC with Roger Stone in Florida and with others that he was involved with in California. His lawyers were in California and Florida at that time. So I just want to make sure you understand the breakdown.
1: I just ask you this, and if you're not comfortable answering, it's totally fine. But you know, there's this huge thing that <laughs> that Donald has been perpetuating about um, spying, I've been spied on my campaign was spied on, and this is the biggest scandal in all history. if it, it seems to me that this is what he's talking
2: about. I did Thank say you. on Deb on Deb's show that I did talk to Trump Tower and I told them about Paul Manafort and the confirmation that they should separate from Paul Manafort because, At that time, they started reporting about the $12 million question and Paul Manafort's involvement in taking that $12 million offshore. So I did inform them about the information that I found. That had nothing to do with the Super PAC. Roger Stone is a major player in that scandal. There's no question of that. Paul Manafort is a major player in that scandal. There is no question of that. Michael Cohn is a major player in that scandal continuously. So the answer is yes. These three people were actively involved.
0: And if you were involved in it in some ways, presumably you would have been in front of a judge yourself. I
2: refused and rejected the requests that were many made. made upon me to get deeper involved in the scandal. I had received a number of requests to get deeper involved in the scandal by Roger Stone, and I rejected and refused the Roger Stone request. We're not saying that they were victims. They tried to seduce me and to victimize me into the wrongdoing, and I refused To be involved with Roger Stone I was not involved with Paul Manafort for doing an investigation as to his prior misconduct and uh, I did have an involvement somewhat not a lot with Michael Cohn a number of times
0: they heard you saying some things last week that made them feel like maybe you weren't as much of a uh, redeemed person as you had claimed to be um, on coming out of prison. You know, a lot of people were very touched by your story of being someone who went to jail, but who came out wanting to to help the victims and and reclaim the money. And what I think is genuine um, spiritual awakening that happened in you. So a lot of people sort of put a lot of faith in in those comments, and then for them to find out at that sort of, you know, at the end of a show, just thrown in there, for them, it was a little hard to hear um, that you were involving yourself with someone like Roger Stone.
1: That phrase, law and order, it has a very different um i mean it has a history obviously that's that's uh, very difficult but the way it's also been weaponized now and being used now and leveraged now to call up that very dark history and advance it um is it, it just was a it's a territory that right now there's a big open wound and a lot of hurt
2: i should have use the word justice that they were breaking the rule of justice the rules of war were broken by Roger Stone. That's yeah. what I meant. But confusion yeah. happens when we spontaneously do interviews. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that was not my intention. And my actions were clear. I stepped away from that misconduct and was not named in the misconduct at all.
0: That's true, and you know, I reminded people that this was 2016. I mean, even for people who don't like Donald Trump today, 2016, we had a very different mindset about Donald Trump. He was not the president then, he was just the guy um, running for office that used to be a reality well, TV not, not star. Me. Not you, and, and to some extent not me, but there were a lot of people who ultimately were, That's uh yeah. You know, a lot of people just believed that we were dealing with another candidate. Yes, he was controversial. Yes, he was a, a billionaire, but we didn't know very much uh, more about that. Uh,
2: between 2016
0: and 2020 a lot has changed in terms of mindset in terms of you know if we've now experienced donald trump as a president maybe that appeals to some people but for most people it seems in the country doesn't necessarily appeal we'll see what happens in november so the mindset is different. Um, and also, you know, I think you're genuinely and authentically always telling us your story when um, it doesn't change very much in the year and a bit or so that I've spoken to you. There's not very much that you've adjusted in your story or it uh, has ever been different. It's always pretty consistent, which tends to re- reveal that you're telling us um, an authentic and real story. So, uh, you know, I, I, I genuinely think that's what we're getting from you all the time. And I understand why some people find it difficult to accept someone from, a different political background like the republican party some people in our audience might not feel that comfortable with someone who previously supported the republican party but you know we have one country and at the end of the day we all have to figure out how to live with each other and it doesn't mean that you can be you know republicans and democrats in this case in this at this time when you think about things like the lincoln project are combating um D- donald trump in the in the polls this year so it's it we're still one country and we still have to figure out how to live together. And I'm not sure where your political persuasions are now, and you don't have to tell me because I don't think that's our business, but it is important to know that you care about justice and you care about the resolution of this as being, uh, you know, a justice driven solution. And that's what you're
2: looking for more than anything else. You can't on my side or the page today, hoping the victims, you can't get political because it's not going to help the victims and it's not going to bring justice. There is so much going on in America today with Maxwell and Epstein and the divide of the country and what's happened in the last three years of the angry sides, Democratic and Republican. I don't want any part of that anger, and I don't want to be involved in that machine anymore. So I am telling you that... I don't want any part of this, and I only care about the victims being treated properly. Maria Farmer is back in the hospital, she went back in Monday for cancer treatments. This is a tragedy, this story of the victims and how they're all damaged emotionally. It really is. So It really is a, a catastrophe. <laughs>